The chat is brought to you by Moffat Aqua Systems of Greensburg and Aqua Systems of Columbus. Welcome to the chat. This podcast is here to encourage and challenge you in your walk with Christ by inspiring women of faith. Chat means an informal conversation. And we can't wait for you to hear this episode of The Chat Podcast. Your host, Nina Evans, is a Christian marriage and family counselor, police chaplain, national speaker, author, and religion columnist for the Republic newspaper. The Chat Podcast originates from your gospel station, WYGS, a southern gospel radio station in Columbus, Indiana. If you'd like to sponsor the radio show or podcast, please contact WYGS at 812-373-9947 or WYGS.org. Welcome to the chat. Welcome, everyone, to the chat. I am coming to you from the beautiful city of Columbus, Indiana. My name is Nida Evans, and I am the host for the chat. It airs each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock on radio station WYGS, and it can be live-streamed from its website. The chat is also available through iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. My guest today for the chat is Kathy Eisenbrown. Kathy is a wife, mother, and a retired elementary teacher at St. Peter's Lutheran School in Columbus, Indiana. We'll be right back with the chat. Welcome to the chat, Kathy. Thank you, Nadia. It's a privilege to be here. So glad I've been looking forward to our chat together today. Thank you. Kathy, will you tell us about your family? I am married to my husband, Paul. I ha- we have two children, Luke who is an engineer in Columbus, Ohio, and Joel, who is working at a Lutheran church in Spring, Texas, outside of Houston. Can you tell us about how many years you've been married? Because I know you've been married a long time. We are almost to 58 years, and um, we have had a wonderful time working together both of us as teachers at St. Peter's, and we've just had a wonderful life. Tell us a little bit about your work. Well, our work was uh, teachers. Paul graduated a half a year before I did from uh, Concordia Teachers College in Seward, Nebraska. And so he came to Indiana. We had no idea where Columbus, Indiana would was or anything about it, but he had a wonderful experience. Um, he was called to teach fifth grade, but at Christmas time, he got a letter from the pastor asking if he would consider teaching first grade instead. And he very obediently said, well, if God thinks I can do that, I will. <laughs> and so he taught first grade for that half a year. He was trained to teach middle school. And so I was the one that was primary trained. And so I sent as many materials as I could with him. And he had a wonderful class. Uh, They have grown up to be doctors, lawyers. They still talk about that half a year. He had made a guitar and came on the train because he didn't have a car yet at that time. 
And um, the kids were just enthralled with the fact mm. that he could play the guitar, and they sang all kinds of songs, and uh, it was it was just really a, a wonderful year for him. And then uh, he came back for my graduation on the 1st of June, and uh, then on the 21st of June, we were married in Wyoming, and then uh, we came here full-time, and mm-hmm. we've been here ever mm-hmm. since. It's been 58 years. Okay, okay, 58 years. That's um, wonderful. <laughs> That's wonderful. In your uh, teaching, you eventually started at teaching at St. Peter's, and what grades did you teach? Well, I took over first grade after Paul had had that for a half a year, and he moved up all the way to second grade. And so uh, he had some of the same students over that he had had before. And then uh, the next few years, um, he he taught second grade for a few years, and then he moved up to fifth grade <laughs> and uh, had some of those same students mm. again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, they were wonderful kids, mm. and we just really, really enjoyed them all. To give full disclosure with your and my relationship is that you taught both of our girls, both of you taught our girls, and just fantastic. Our girls just learned so much under you, but you were such interesting and loved and kind teachers. So I, I want to say thank you for the quality teaching that you and Paul did. Thank you very much. Uh, Paul and I both grew up out west. Uh, both of us grew up on ranches, and I was a cowgirl and he was a cowboy. Really very unlikely people to have gone into the teaching profession. Uh, he worked a year for his brother after he graduated, and he says one time when he was stacking hay, he was standing on the top of that stack and saying, Lord, there has to be something better than this to be doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, God just led him to to go to college in Nebraska. And then God led me. Uh, Mm -hmm. No one in my family had had a college education, but God led me to to be able to do that. And then we met and uh, we dated all four years of my college. Mm, mm. The rest is history. The huh? rest is history, yes. <laughs> Kathy, I'd like to get into your relationship with Jesus. When did you come to know him and have this close relationship with him? Well, Nida, I believe that my salvation is all God's doing and that there is no way that I could reason or have the strength to believe. But I believe that on February 16th, when my parents took me just a few weeks old to be baptized, that through that water and word, that I became God's child. Mm -hmm. And I know that it was like a seed of faith was planted in my heart. And that seed of faith grew as my parents taught me about Jesus, as I had a brother who was 14 years older than I and a sister who is 11 years older. And I just had the perfect growing up time because they were all so kind to me. And they shared their faith with me. And I I just praise God for that. But just like a seed needs to be watered and 
tended and taken care of. That seed of faith in me was taken care of because I was taken to Sunday school when I was old enough, Mm -hmm. uh, vacation Bible school. Um, We lived 17 miles from the church. Wow. And so it was was a drive, but uh, my parents saw, too, that uh, we were there almost every Sunday. In fact, oftentimes, uh, even bad roads didn't keep us. Mm -hmm. We were were able to be there, and um, the Holy Spirit just caused that seed of faith to grow into understanding. I had wonderful Sunday school teachers. Uh, There was one retired pastor. He was old in my eyes, but oh, he was so Mm -hmm. wise, and he, he saw something in me that he encouraged my parents to think of me going into church work and just kind of planted that seed of uh, the idea of that happening, and it did. Mm. And um, I, I'm still, that seed is still growing. Mm-hmm. I, I need, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's times when I take better care of it than others. Mm-hmm. And, but there's always uh, that seed of faith that, that continues mm-hmm. to grow. Mm-hmm. Has he given you a passion for anything? You know, when we come to know Christ, he usually sparks some kind of an interest uh, or just a desire to do something or or just to want to serve him in some way. Where does that passion lie in you? I've always felt that um, God gave me a smile mm-hmm. and that uh, that's one of the best ways that I can encourage people and I I feel that I am an encourager too Mm -hmm. and so I I try to use that smile with these masks that's it really (laughs) hides the smile but um I I do try to do that and um teaching children was just always Mm -hmm. a great great love of mine and Mm -hmm. and I still do I um, teach a class um, at our church for uh parents who are going to have their children baptized. Mm. And mm. I've just found that if they bring the children along, I, I teach to the children and I just light up with them. Mm. <laughs> but um, mm. I also, since my retirement, which has been eight, almost 18 years ago, mm. uh, I have started working more with retired people. Mm-hmm. kind of my own kind here mm-hmm. and uh, we've uh, taught bible studies uh, to them and uh, it's, it's just been fun to to help them out too mm, a wonderful passion you're talking about here would touch many many lives well where in your life is god working on you to make you more like him well many many different places but I think one thing I need to watch is uh, when I'm talking, I oftentimes maybe try to be humorous and say things that may sound funny but may not be the mm. most edifying. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm really trying to work on that to see that I can, can be a better example, mm. not only in my life but in my words. Mm. So important. Like the chat theme song says, stepping out. Will you tell us a time in your life that God wanted you to step out of the boat in faith and had to really trust him? He wanted to stretch you. Can you tell us one of those times? 
this podcast. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> it, it was, uh, it's just something I've never done before. And I, even though I knew God would see me through it, um, I, I've had my reservations and uh, I have a lot of people praying for mm. me as, as I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful husband staying home and, and praying and mm. son's also doing that yeah you were saying you were saying that especially your oldest son he really talked you into doing this our younger son yes 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 he's the one down in texas and he said mom you can do it yeah things like this come along and god wants to stretch us he wants us to depend on him doesn't he he does i taught with a teacher that was always talking about uh getting outside the box Mm. And this is definitely outside the box for me. (laughs) Well, do you have a designated place to pray each day? Yes. My devotion time and prayer time are together. Mm -hmm. And I have a a nice chair in the living room where it has good light so that I can see to read the devotions. And uh, a nice stand beside it so that I can keep my Bible and materials on it. And that's that's my, my place for for devotions and prayer. Will you tell us what your prayer looks like right now? What What's going on in your prayer life? Well, um, my prayer life um, just um, is not only at a designated time, but my prayer life extends to any time. Mm-hmm. Um, we call them arrow prayers in school, mm-hmm. where we just, when something comes to your mind and you're thinking of that, like I have a friend in Wayne who's having a doctor's appointment right now. Mm-hmm. And whenever I think of her, I just say a quick prayer asking God to, to be with her and, and that the report that the doctor has will be favorable. Also, I, of course, include my husband and my mm-hmm. children and mm-hmm. my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a little prayer card that um, was given to me as a grandparent and it has 31 different suggestions Mm. of prayers Mm -hmm. for the spiritual side of a child Mm -hmm. and I have been using that for my children and my grandchildren so Mm. whatever day it was I prayed that prayer Mm -hmm. and and that has been very very helpful I also want to pray we have our pastor started several years ago um, what he calls 100 faithful men and women of prayer Hmm. and he has he said David had his 50 men Mm -hmm. Uh, he wants to have a hundred people and we meet quarterly and uh, we are given a list of prayer requests that the staff and uh, church and school request and then we pray there and then we take it home and Mm. we pray and that has been very meaningful to to be able to to be praying for different staff members Mm -hmm. and we also have um, prayer partners with um, different staff members Mm -hmm. and that has drawn us closer together sure help support some missionaries Mm -hmm. and so of course we include them in our prayers and we have uh, been a long uh, supporter of the Lutheran Bible translators. There's a girl from Paul's 
uh, area out in South Dakota who went to Africa with her husband, and they worked there for 30-some years, and then he died from cancer, Mm -hmm. and she went back Mm. and continued working. They have four children, and all four of them are in Bible translation of some kind. One is a pilot and flies people from uh, New Guinea to Australia and Mm -hmm. around New Guinea. Wow, wow. Um, Two of them are in Africa Mm -hmm. doing translation work. Wow. Kathy, this is great. I'm enjoying this. We've got to take a break, though. We'll be right back with the chat. Welcome back to the chat. I'm chatting with Kathy Eisenbrown today. She's a retired teacher, and we're just having a good old chat, aren't we, Kathy? We sure are. I don't want to leave your prayer life yet. There's a couple questions I'd still like to know about you. Are there any prayers that you pray specifically for yourself each day? Well, every morning I um, try to pray Luther's morning prayer, which uh, thanks God for taking me through the night and ask protection for the day, then um, I find that sometimes, now that I'm getting older, I wake up in the middle of the night, Mm -hmm. and I can't go back to sleep. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I have started doing is to um, praise God through the alphabet. Oh. And I try to think of, of something, an attribute of God for each letter of the alphabet. And I don't think I've ever finished the alphabet <laughs> because yes. God just lets me go to sleep then. And so that, that's been a, a neat way to pray. That's, that's a good idea. I've never heard of anyone doing that before. Well, let's ask you a couple of questions about if God could only answer one prayer for you, Kathy, what would it be? Oh, I would say probably my family mm-hmm. praying that that they be kept safe and that they grow in their faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's look at your devotion time. What do you you do during devotions? What does it consist of? Our church body um, publishes a, a, a devotional book called Portals of Prayer. Mm-hmm. They've done that for years. My parents used that when I was growing up and uh, my family in Wyoming still uses it. Paul's family in South Dakota still uses it. Our boys use it. And so uh, it's kind of been a devotional that ties us all together. And there will be many times that uh, in talking with each other or texting or emailing, we'll say, did you read that devotion this Aww. morning and, and did it, you know, and talk about it. So that's been, been a wonderful thing. Then I like to use our daily bread. Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. so very understandable, and uh, I love the index in the back of it mm. because if I am preparing a devotion for a meeting or something like that, I can refer back to that index and find a devotion that gives me ideas of what to use. Sure. And then I use all God's creatures from guideposts. Mm-hmm. It's about animal devotion. And it's just been so fun to see how much we can learn from animals. And, you know, God made them. Uh, (laughs) 
there's no reason that we shouldn't be learning from them. But I, I enjoy those devotions, too. I haven't ever heard of that. You haven't? No. It's been around a long time. And I've just had it maybe two or three years. Okay. But, and then I pass that on to my friend who's in the nursing home so that she can enjoy them, too. Huh, that that's that's a great idea. Never thought about do, using animals. Do you have a life verse? I have two of them and a story behind both of them. <laughs> when I was um, young and, and uh, going to Sunday school, um, one of the verses that I learned was Psalm 37, 5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do it. My mother was going to go to lazy ladies' aid meeting, and she said, I need a Bible verse to answer roll call with. And so I suggested that Bible verse. And after that, that just kind of became oh. our verse. And there were so many times she pointed that out to me. And it, it was just a neat thing. Then the hmm. other one is Philippians 4.13. I can do everything through Christ who mm. strengthens me. Mm -hmm. I have a fear of water. Mm -hmm. And I decided to surprise my boys by taking swimming lessons. And so I made it through the class until the last class when I had to get up on the diving board <laughs> and dive into the water. Oh. I walked out to the end of the board and I just froze. I couldn't move. And my teacher was out there encouraging me. She said, I'll be here, you know, you won't drown and, and everything. And finally she said, isn't there a Bible verse that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? I thought, yes, there is, and I believe that. <laughs> I dove in, and I came back up. <laughs> but I have never... <laughs> I never I, I've I've lost my skill of swimming mm -hmm. and but mm -hmm. that was a good lesson to me. Sure came in handy, didn't it? <laughs> of all the places. <laughs> I'm with you on that one, Kathy. I, I would have been repeating that one over and over again. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Do you have a favorite book of the Bible? Oh, I I just love them all. Paul and I have uh, taught um, the Life Light Bible series for almost 30 years now. We kind of team teach. And oftentimes it will be about just one book. Oftentimes, right um, last year, we started the Minor Prophets, and we had two lessons and then COVID. And so we have not started. Most of the people in my group are senior citizens, and we just haven't felt comfortable in getting together. We were meeting at a retirement center so that some of the people from there mm. would have the opportunity mm -hmm. to join us, but unfortunately, we've stopped that. I do take part in a monthly Bible study mm -hmm. with our missionary league, and we continue to study, you know, mm -hmm. every day, mm -hmm. so... Let's talk about favorite biblical accounts. I know you have many. Can you give us a couple? I loved teaching the Bible stories mm. when I was teaching. I taught first grade for five years, and then I took time off to raise our two boys, and then I went back and taught second grade for 15 years. Mm. Mm. And I loved having the children. Usually they were sitting on rugs on the mm. floor and just having them there to 
to talk to. One of the stories that I think personally has been a favorite is the story of Daniel and the lion's Mm. den. Mm. My mother, when I was a teenager, would tell me, dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone. And I went to public school and, you know, it, the, the Christian influence was there much more than it is now. But I didn't have, God gave me a special friend who was also a Christian that we could pair up and, and stand against the mm-hmm. evil of the world. But um, that was a, a special or the story that has meant a great deal to me. That would be a good one. Yes, yes. Especially what you're talking about here with children. When you teach children to stand up, even if you are the only one. Yeah. Do you have any favorite women in the Bible? (laughs) I bet you have several. (laughs) I I have many, but uh, I'm thinking of Mary and Martha Mm -hmm. because I can be both of those. Mm-hmm. And I kind of grew up thinking that uh, Mary was the good one and Martha was the bad one. Mm-hmm. And now that I've gotten older, I realize that hospitality is an important thing, and Martha mm-hmm. was doing that. Mm-hmm. It's just that she was maybe neglecting study, uh, learning from Jesus when he was right there. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think of that sometimes because I love to entertain, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I can very easily get hung up on all the busyness of it, mm-hmm. and I need to just stop and, and take time for the, mm. the religious part of it, mm. too. Mm. Well, Mary certainly had her faults. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, she had, she had plenty of those. But in this particular case right. where uh, Jesus wanted her to sit at his feet. Right. Yeah. Well, have you had any mentors in your life, Kathy? I'm sure you have as I sit here and look at you smile Uh, I can see that you have several that you can draw from. Tell us about those. I have had many, many mentors. It it just seems like God puts the right person in the right place for me and has, has blessed me with so many. First of all, having an older brother and sister, uh, they were so good to me. And my sister still is. My brother's in heaven, but... I, they were just, my brother never married, and so I was kind of his special project, and he just did so much for me as I was growing up. I had wonderful Sunday school teachers mm-hmm. who really worked at teaching me. Uh, once we came to Indiana, and uh, so many of the older ladies were just kind of took me under their wing when I first got here and just helped me and welcomed me and were there when I had questions. Um, so many teachers that had had more experience than I were there to help me out to answer uh, questions that I had or problems that, to help me solve them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I've been blessed. I bet your mother oh. had such an impact on you. Tell us about her. My mother was a farm worker. <laughs> uh, she, uh, my dad had hired men come, and she always had a big dinner ready for them when uh, they came in at noon. Um, I can remember waking up to hearing her making pie crusts, mm. and um, she made pies. <laughs> 
um, every day that we had had farmers there uh, helping, and and that was often. We usually had a fire, a hired man that that worked with us. Um, my mother lived to be a hundred years old, mm. and um, she was in a nursing home the last four years. It was surprising how many of the older men would come to the nursing home and say. I had a really good meal at her house. Mm. <laughs> and so, yes, she she went to bat for me so many times and just mm-hmm. was so supportive. And then I had a grandmother who um, we built a house for her on our ranch, and she lived there. And I would go every day up to her house and, and talk and, and visit and, and just be with her. It hasn't been just the last few years that I've realized that I was so blessed to have both sides of my grandparents um, prayerfully supporting me through these years. I I was the second youngest on both sides of the family, which I didn't even realize until the other day I started figuring mm. it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was uh, a real blessing. I had all these older people that could could help me too. Then when I got to college, I had professors that were ready to help me out. So I, I've just been so blessed. It sounds like it. Now, have you been a mentor to others? Let's hear about some of that. Well, this kind of happened uh, for Paul and I both. Um, we didn't realize what was happening. We were in a Sunday morning Bible study, and uh all of a sudden, we realized we were the old people. <laughs> they were all younger people. But they were always asking us about what we did or how we handled things. And all of a sudden, we thought, hey, we're mentoring. And we didn't, didn't mm-hmm. even realize it. Mm-hmm. But it, it was so natural. God just worked it that way. And to this day, those people are still good, good friends, and we probably would never have met them had we not mm. been in that Bible study mm. together. So you're important to a lot of people, <laughs> Kathy. I don't know if you realize it, but you and Paul both have such an impact on so many people here and, and all over. So I'd like to stop right now and say thank you for the mentoring that you have done. And even though you might not have called it mentoring, oh, that's the part that you played. Well, we've got to take another break, but we'll be right back with the chat. We're back with the chat, and I'm chatting with Kathy Eisenbrown. And we're getting ready to talk about struggles. As followers of Christ, each of us has many struggles that we've gone through and some still ahead of us. In your case, Kathy, will you tell us about struggles in your life? Well, um, I think probably the the biggest one was when um, my husband had to have open heart surgery. Mm in uh, 1995. Mm -hmm. Um, We were both teaching at the time, and um, he went in to the doctor for a regular checkup. And he called me in my classroom and said, the doctor won't let me go home. Mm -hmm. They are putting me in the hospital. They say I have to have open heart surgery. 
and I think I could have just <laughs> fallen through the floor because it I just I wasn't expecting it. He he was a little prepared for it, but uh, you know, he had not had a heart attack, he'd not had any real bad uh problems. He'd had um it checked out and he he kept going to the doctor and and checking it. But at that time they didn't do the surgery here in Columbus. So he had to go up to St. Francis in Beach Grove. The new St. Francis wasn't <laughs> built at that time either. And so um, I, the, you, know, you know, he had the car <laughs> at the doctor's mm-hmm. office. And so the school secretary took me to the hospital. And uh, I spent the rest of the day with him. And um, they were planning out that uh, the next day they would take him by ambulance to Beach Grove, and, and the following day they would do the surgery. And I said, well, couldn't I take him in my car? And they said, um, no, because he could have a heart attack mm. during that time, and we want to be prepared and, and have him where we can take care of him. Um, that night after school... Several of the teachers and my teacher's aide, who took over my class when I left, came to the hospital and, and prayed with mm-hmm. us and just mm-hmm. encouraged us. And that just meant so much. Um, my boys, you know, one was in Ohio, one was in Texas. At first, I told the one in Ohio, no, you don't need to come home. But mm-hmm. <laughs> as it soaked in to me what was happening, um, I called him and said, could you arrange mm-hmm. to come? And so he came home that night and then was there with me the next morning when we went in for the for his surgery. Then um, they, they had just barely gotten started with the surgery, and in walked a lady from a, a group that I belonged to, she and her husband came to sit with us Mm. during that time. Mm. Her husband had had a valve replaced at that hospital. Mm -hmm. And she said, I just thought maybe I could help you work through and walk through what what you need to do. They sat there with us that whole day Mm. during the surgery. Mm. And it was just wonderful when I could finally go in and, and visit Paul. She went with me to show mm. me you know how to wash my hands what to do mm-hmm. and it was just just so so helpful mm. and and so many prayers were said for him and uh, he he did get along fine he had six bypass but the doctor said while i was in there i did a did a little a few extra uh-huh. and i think that that must have paid off because it's been 25 years now mm. and he's still still doing well no problem since that time. So God sent people. Yes. When yes. we needed them the most. Well, with Paul, him being, he, he's such a giant of, in the faith that through this time, did it bring you closer together? Oh, I think so. Um, I, I was still trying to, to do some teaching. Of course, not when he had the surgery, but a few days afterwards. And then uh, they said that um, we could stay in one of the extra rooms and be a part of the the, uh, hospital, but to be on our own. 
And that was so, so helpful because Mm -hmm. there were so many things that when we started, you know, being by ourselves, oh, can we do this? Do we dare do this? Mm -hmm. And the nurses were there and we could ask them. And so that was, was really helpful. It sounds like through that whole time, you had friends and family and people you probably didn't even know were there to support you, not only physically, but praying for you. And wow, what a network of followers of Christ right. who were friends of yours. And, and, such a- and family out west, too. Mm. We had so much support from that. Yes. If we had had cell phones in those days, it would have been so much easier. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> we didn't, but we may do. Sure, sure. Well, during this time, did God give you a song to help you through it, to minister to it? Or or even do you have a favorite song that you think would minister and encourage our listeners? Well, I this has been a really hard decision because um, I've been in choir for almost 58 years now. Wow. And uh, when we sing a song, I think, oh, that's that's my favorite, and I'll be singing it during the week, and then the next week we get a new song, and oh, that's my favorite, <laughs> or I hear one on the radio or, or something. Um, I told you that our church was 17 miles from my home, and oftentimes my daddy would lead us in singing hymns as we were driving home. And one of them that I remember was Holy, Holy, Holy. And I was talking with my sister the other day, and we were talking about the fact that we sang hymns. And I said, which one do you remember the most? And she said, Holy, Holy, Holy. So it has impressed both of us. And then last night in after choir practice, we always pick some hymns Mm. that uh, we can just just sing for fun. Wouldn't you know, Holy, Holy, (laughs) Holy was one of them that somebody else picked. And so um, I think it's just a wonderful uh, praise of the triune God, and um, I I just love it. So Truly is, truly is uh, uh, a song that we don't sing often enough. And you just said that you were, you've been a member of a choir for 58 years? Almost 58. Wow. Yes. yes. That's quite a, quite a spell. Yes. I, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I make a, a noise to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's listen to a song that Kathy has chosen for our program today. Holy, holy, holy.
that is a good song. Wow, wow. And to have a choir singing it. Yeah, you just don't hear much good choir singing anymore. Uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, they do a good job, but we don't listen to that enough. Let's get ready to close, Kathy. And I'd like to ask you, is there anything that God has laid on your heart that he would like you to say to those who are listening today, something that will encourage them, uplift them. Uh, what is there anything God wants you to say? Well, this year, um, for my grandchildren, um, on the anniversary of their baptism, I have uh, encouraged them to put on the armor of God. Um, Ephesians tells us, Ephesians 6, uh, Paul gives us uh, a great battle armor that we have to fight against evil and the devil and the world and our own sinful flesh. And and so I try to uh, practice putting this armor on each morning. I had a friend that uh, told me that she did that, and, and I've since then been trying to do that. And I tried to teach um, the, some of the children in school. We would practice doing that. I didn't do it every year. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't. But anyway, um, first of all, there is the belt of truth. And truth holds all of that armor together. And, of course, the truth is found in Jesus and his word. Then the second is the breastplate of righteousness. Um, This piece of armor is especially designed by God to protect our upper body. And, of course, that's our heart and our lungs. That's a wonderful protection that we have. Then the shoes of being prepared to share the gospel. We need to be close to God so that we are ready at any time to share that gospel of truth. Then there's the helmet of salvation. That's the one that protects our brains. And that our brains affect our whole body. So that helmet is very important. Then there's the shield of faith. In uh, Bible times, shields were often the size of a door. And they were covered with animal skins. And then they were soaked in water. So that when the fiery arrows of the enemy came, they would be extinguished. And this uh, faith is there to protect us from the devil's errors of doubt and discouragement and lies and fears. Um, So that shield is very important. But remember, if your shield is not up and raised, Mm. it's not going to be very effective. And then there's now all of these parts have been to protect us. But God gives us one thing that we can fight with, and that's the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. That one item that we have that is so precious. Without Jesus, we really are powerless. But when we fight in God's power, we will win. And then we need to remember to praise him and thank him Mm. for that. Powerful, Kathy. Those are powerful words that each of us not only need to hear, but we need to abide by them to do that. 
as we get ready to close our time together today, will you pray for us? Thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for being our creator and sustainer. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and paying the penalty of sin that we deserve and for for securing forgiveness for us. Holy Spirit, thank you for living inside us Christians and giving us power to resist the devil. Holy Trinity, we know it's your desire to seek and to save the lost. We ask that your grace will reach them, help each one of us to be a praising reflector of Jesus' love to all with whom we come in contact. I thank NIDA and this radio station for continuing to broadcast God's love to the world. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. I don't know, Kathy, when I've had a better chat with anyone. And you're number 18, but this has truly been a blessing to me. I have to tell those listening that I forgot to bring this up earlier, but but I want to fit this in our chat today, is that in my book and recently uh, at a column for the Republic, uh, I wrote about pennies, collecting pennies, to be able to attend graduate school in 1992 and and how God had let me know that it would be that that's how I would have the money so I collected pennies well in the book I wrote about two teachers that collected two gallons of pennies and those pennies were sitting in the bottom of their bedroom closet and how one day you brought those pennies when I was collecting you brought those pennies, and it, the number was 2,900 and some, it says in the book. But, wow, how even then God was using you in my life and how, how, how precise he was to use you at times when he had just jobs for you and Paul to do, and I was the object of one of those jobs. And so I thank you. I don't know if I've thanked you before. Oh, yes, you have. I, you, I have, I <laughs> yes. guess, so several times. But I tell you, I just appreciated so much your being obedient to God and how he brought that to pass and how I was able to, through him, providing for me to be able to collect those pennies to go to graduate school. Well, we have to bring this chat to a close today, Kathy. Thank you so much for coming. What a treat this has been. Well, I thank you too, listeners. I've appreciated your tuning in to the chat today. I look forward to future times when we can once again sit and have a chat. 